great. Lisa Ballard in the house with us right off the bat. So good that you're here tonight. Scott Stefano, hey now. Bubba Bowie. Bruno Coppola, good evening from Laconia, New Hampshire. Nick Hildebrittle for another three hours. <laughs> Chris, 2024. I couldn't disagree with you more. Hey, man, this is Chris with CycleSource Magazine, and I am going to be your host this evening for the next 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fit. A little program we call Shop Talk. Every Sunday, 9 p.m., we go live with this thing. Some uh, news, some entertainment. Do our best to keep the two-wheeled world informed on what's going on. Just back from the TMMR event, and oh, my God, that thing was off the hook. Got a lot of stuff going on on the show tonight. Fantastic guests. We have Edge from the smoke out here. We have some killer tech, some new product. It's going to be great. But listen, we're three and a half minutes out. That gives you enough time to hit the like and share button. Let your friends and neighbors know that we're going live with Shop Talk in just three minutes. Grab a cold one, kick back and relax. Wait for us to go live. Don't go anywhere. Shop Talk coming up. Gaston. Hey guys, love my Sunday night after a good day of riding and listening to Shop Talk. So glad you're here, man. Lance Baxter, Baxter, <laughs> Leesburg, Florida. Lindsay Haletta in with us. Jeremy Valentine. Just hung out with Jeremy this weekend, too. Fantastic. Chop Cult in the house. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to one of our fantastic sponsors here at Shop Talk, and that is the people over at Chopper Town. If you're not hip to what's going off on over at Chopper Town, Man, you want to go check them out because in addition to shows like this, um, they have the Pirouettes Chopper History, they have Coast to Coast, the Cannibal Chronicles, Torque TV every Thursday night, but they also have full-length entertainment, documentaries and, and full-length programs on motorcycles. You want to check them out. Cam Edwards, Cam, Cam for president. That's what's up. Right on, man. All right. Cam, you did miss tacos. Damn it. Two minutes. Two minutes and we're going live. And we know you're always there in spirit, man. Thanks for checking in with us. Come back and check it out, though, because there's big, big news tonight. John Widener, watching from the road on the way home, it was great seeing you guys. What a great weekend, man. It really was. Greg White in the house. Gus Gus. Good to see all you guys. This is uh, this is so great. Like it's it's filling up like crazy. You wonder if you know when when. Uh, COVID starts to subside if this stuff is going to keep going like it is. And boy, I'll tell you, you guys are giving us a, a great sign for that. We got one minute. One minute and we're going live with this one. Get ready. Okay, as we quickly approach the 30-second mark, I can tell you that it was incredible that we got back here in time and got this, the show set up. The only thing we forgot were my sound effects, so with that, we're going straight to showtime. It's time for Shop Talk. Here we go. 
DKs, scooter tramps, and chopper jockeys all across the land. It is just after 9 p.m., one minute after. It's so awesome when we're on time because I don't get screamed at. I'm Chris with Cycle Source Magazine. I'm going to be your host here tonight for Shop Talk. We go live with this program every Sunday, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. We're glad to have you guys here with us. Killer night lined up, fresh back from TMMR. My butt's still numb from the seat of the van. But, man, it was worth every minute that we spent down there. Um, we're going to get through a whole bunch of this stuff tonight, but I want to bring the crew in and see what everybody else is up to. Heather, can't, howdy, howdy. Huh? <laughs> can't believe that you got put back together because, boy, I, I'm hard on Heather and road trips, Mark. No. I am. Stop already. <laughs> Thank God for braids. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, a, it was a quick down and back, and, boy, you know, I forget because it was uh, since I was a kid, you know, for Loretta Lynn's Amateur Nationals that we were down at that property. And, like, what a fantastic property. Really, really beautiful place. Oh, you got I, you got to go last time, though, right? Yeah. yeah it was I want to go back venue. down just to hang out there. Yeah. It's a great area, that's for sure. Beautiful venue. Everything's set up so nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. I want to sit. I want to sit in the creek a little bit, though. So uh, while we're all out on the road doing motorcycle stuff, Mark is at home with a, uh, what year is your Impala? 62. 62, no no pillar Impala. Yes, sir. Got and to I, play with that. Good bit this weekend. I can't wait to get back over and check out what you're doing because he, he had the roof just about done. I'm getting there. It got moved. It's moved. <laughs> it moved, Jerry. It moved. It moved. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, listen, I want to welcome you guys again. Um, like I said, we go live with this program every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. We are 50 floors below the street level tonight. And uh, if you're wondering what Shop Talk is, if it's your first time watching, you know, we do 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit, a little bit of uh, entertainment, um, some tech, mm-hmm. some product. Some- Whatever we see fits we'll start in the, the moment, whole thing off a lot with, of BS, start memories. The, start the whole thing off with what, Mark? What do we What do we start off with? Can we yell at someone? No, the news, lunch? man, the news. <laughs> I was looking for lunch. Why are you going to put me on the spot like that all the time? First up in the news tonight, good time Charlie Brechtel's golden pan being raffled off to benefit the Sturgis Museum. If you guys aren't hip to this, man... Um, Look all over social media. Search for it through rafflecreator.com. The bike that was built as part of the second movie that Charlie and his crew were putting together uh, was originally supposed to be given away through the movie. They're moving this on to uh, raffle, and all of the proceeds are going to benefit the Sturgis Museum in Charlie's honor. You can get a ticket for 20 bucks, or I believe six, six goes for 100 it's a really, really good cause. It, I can't, I can't think of a, a better way to to honor Charlie's memory through all of that. You know, and there's no catch. It's literally a straight up raffle. It's totally legit. Um, all of the monies, as tickets are are purchased, are being directly deposited to the Sturgis Museum and Hall of Fame. Um, so you don't have to worry about, oh, where's my money going? It is going immediately straight to them. So. Um, Let's help honor Charlie in uh, in that great way. And and you win a really cool panhead. Yeah, right. I mean, what, where can you right? lose there? You can't. You can't. No, right. and some cool people had their hands on it, like Mondo yep. and S and S were part of it, and 
like if you read yeah. if you go to the raffle page which i did just throw a link in the comments um the story is there and it lists some of the people that were involved with the project um so Pretty go check cool. it out it's yeah, 20 bucks skip a few coffees for a week or two and and mad props to uh to dennis sanfilippo for you know putting it all out there like that and and letting this thing go and and you know for the memory of charlie so good for him next up in the news we're going to south dakota here we go sturgis motorcycle rally allowed to have open containers this year oh my god we big, i think that was always like kind of happened but it was not necessarily supposed to happen well kind of the thing that i want to go to is allowed to have open containers so we've gone from burning down shit houses <laughs> to, to, to ignoring shelter in place to we're allowed to have open containers when are they going to understand that we don't care yeah okay so <laughs> great you're allowed to have open containers now congratulations everybody going to south dakota party on carry on <laughs> party on wayne <laughs> oh my goodness so the laconia daily sun times brings us this story please come to laconia that's not really what it's that's says. not the title <laughs> gunstock hill climb returns for bike week which is bitching because for years and years anyone that loved this event and and loved gunstock and the hill climbs there yeah they took them away from gunstock for a number of years they're back at gunstock um, the Gunstock Hill Climb is returning to Gunstock Mountain Resort on Wednesday, June 16th, staggered by Ridge or staged by Ridge Runner Promotions and featuring East Coast and Enterprises. This adrenaline packed day of action will consist of strictly amateur level competition for this year. That's new oh. for the thousands of motorcycle enthusiasts who visit the Lake Region of New Hampshire for Laconia Motorcycle Week. This supercharged event is certain to be the focal point. We couldn't it agree is a more. ton of fun. That's one of my favorite days of the week. Yeah, it's a, those guys. Laconia, uh, actually, that's one they, of my only things I like about Laconia. <laughs> <laughs> and you're from there, dude. Like, what are you doing? You're throwing your own hometown under no, your bus. Let you, me rephrase it. You can't I do that because I have like 100 one liners I get spell right now, and I'm being really nice. <laughs> I like I rain Laconia. a lot. The lake region is absolutely beautiful. Oh, it is. I love, and the mountains are beautiful. I love everything about Laconia. Yep. It, it is the country's oldest rally. I'm just sad to see the direction that it has taken. I will be thrilled when it hits 100. Yeah. I just would love to see them bring motorcycling back to Motorcycle Week. So uh, this also in from the, from the Laconia, Laconia Daily Sun. No, really, please no, come to Laconia. No, no seriously. <laughs> no. Uh, motorcycle, <laughs> motorcycle Week rally to have vendors, beer tents. Beer tents Ooh. and vendor spaces. Now, why? You know, you might you might be wondering why is this a big Good deal? Why is it in the newspaper, right? But last year's rally for anybody that attended that was that was one of the big sticking points with everything that was going on with COVID. They cut way way back on the on the uh, freedoms that were there, and beer tents and outdoor vendor spaces were were cut off the list. So, yeah. Um, so it sounds like it's going to be business as usual this year, yep. um, which is great because I think that means they can have outdoor entertainment. I believe I didn't necessarily see that, but I'm pretty sure that's what that means. So the venues that are there will be able to operate as as SOP. There you go. SOP. I don't even know L what's going L on. L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L
There's a lot of letters that on this show have, so far. I have ADHD. Is that because we've gotten wait till, lazy? Wait till this one comes up. What? The next... We're talking about letters. Lots oh, of letters. Yeah. Next, next up Everybody in the news, sit down, please. From, from the Motorcycle and Power Sports News, MSF AMA team up to promote <laughs> RE. May is Motorcycle Awareness Month, and the Motorcycle Safety Foundation and the American Motorcyclist Association are teaming up to promote rider education. The MSF offers a full suite of rider education programs consisting of hands-on classroom and online courses as part of the MSF rider education and training systems. The RETS is designed to help novice students become competent riders and help current riders become even better riders. Each course is research-based and develops knowledge, skill, attitudes, and habits associated with safe and responsible riding. Um, Heather's putting the link up for that. You guys can check it out. We're going to take a uh, quick break from the news. We'll come back to we got a couple more headlines to go through after that, and we're going to hit some products real quick. When we come back from products, we're going straight to our guest because we have a killer guest tonight and some big news. So don't go anywhere. We're going to have a two-minute product spot. We'll be right back with our, our guest this evening. All right, this is Chris. We're back in the Grease and Gears garage for another Shop Talk product spotlight. This week, we're going to take a look at the Russ Wiernemont Designs 13-inch standard performance shock set. We'll get these things open here. You can see some nice packaging, complete instruction list with complimentary fork, shock wrench. So right off of the bat, taking a look at this thing, uh, the spring rate on this is 300 pounds also comes with the billet piggyback reservoir this is designed to keep the uh, fluid for the shock cooler and it will extend the the life of that fluid uh, on the back of it you can see that it has the complete adjustments to adjust the speed of the shocks rebound um, set the sag and everything just like you guys are used to with your performance suspension this whole suspension system comes in at right under $900 retail is available through drag specialties and uh, you can see this in a further tech tip when we're installing this on our FXR project one of my other favorite things about this product you can see displayed proudly on the front of the box that it's made in the USA by Walker Evans racing so another great reason to buy this product if you have any comments put them in the comment box over here and we'll see you next week on shop talk product spotlight Okay, so uh, thanks to the people over at Dennis Kirk for supplying us with products to bring you guys and uh, and get you hip to what's going on out there. Some great stuff, man. That's one of the greatest things about you know the whole performance segment taking off so good is the the research and the development of product that's going on. Remember, for years and years, like if you wanted good suspension for Harley Davidson, you had to cannibalize shit from other bikes and. Now all of a sudden there's a literally a plethora of good stuff out there for Harleys. What happened? We lost we lost everybody. Everyone? Are you gonna give a little teaser, like just wow. a reminder that like those Warnemont shocks and that alloy art swing arm that you showed last week, they're going on a sweepstakes bike. Yeah, buddy. Look at that. Eighty eight FXR some somebody is going to go home with that bike and they're not even going to have to buy a ticket that's upside down <laughs> i did that on purpose i'm so excited 
All right, man, listen, let's cut to it. Um, our guest this evening is no stranger to any of you guys. Um, Edge, he has put together arguably the greatest chopper party that there's ever been. Some of the fondest memories, um, deepest scars and emotional <laughs> wounds that any of us have ever the longest ever rides suffered. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had heard stories about a particular event, and I had never seen pictures. Now I'm scarred for life. Yeah. Right. It's wow. so good. Thanks. It's so good. But seriously, um, who among us that work in this industry, and especially in the media part, has not spent you know, literally hours over the last year talking to people who are just lamenting the the smoke out going away, and with good reason. I mean, over over two decades, man, of of that event being the absolute cornerstone of all chopperdom and uh, and setting the tone for for what a good event would be like. So, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here real quick and bring Edge in and get to our first guest. So what do you think, man? She says she's scarred for life now. Wait, wait till she's wait till wait till she gets to go to an actual heavy duty party like that. <laughs> Have you met There's me? Some... There are some things that cannot be unseen, and it's just the price of admission. <laughs> so. Wait. We have we have so much to talk about, dude. We have so so much to talk about, but. It has to start with year one, you guys getting the idea to do this crazy event. So we were writing back then. We'd write articles and just work on our bikes. And um, I guess they were getting letters at the office and saying, hey, we would like to just meet you guys. And there's some controversy about who came up with the idea. Um but one of the people in the office, um, probably the editor at the time, uh, said, let's just pick a hotel in Tennessee. And the Internet wasn't what it is today. It was pretty uh, unattended. And there wasn't a lot of advance notice. There was no planning, no preparation. And people just sh showed up. Maybe like 75 people were just hung out in this parking lot. There were five homemade trophies to give away and, and and one ride to a subway and there was nothing planned other than that <laughs> yeah literally that's our extent of planning let's go to subway and uh, that was before jerry got caught you know doing all that stuff anyway <laughs> and the thing is jerry would he'd be like hey jerry come to the smoke out still i mean anyway but <laughs> so we had this uh big time uh everybody was like we had these two guys ride down from jersey and they didn't have any money and they put everything on their credit cards and they just drank gatorade and ate um beef jerky all the way and <laughs> and didn't have any money to do anything but eat at gas stations and put it all on a gas station credit card and it just turned out to be a really great time. And somebody's like, oh, man, we've got to do this again. And um, I didn't plan that one. And no one wanted to plan a second one, but we all, all wanted to have one. And because I had done some planning with the military, they're like, oh, you, you should do it. Um, I ended up taking it. And then the rest is sort of history. We did the first official one in Cherokee. And uh, 
it was awesome from there. I, I mean, by the third one, we started to uh, do the first biker build off and, uh, you know, there were all kinds of builders back then that were sort of unknown. Uh, you know, even like Jeff Cochran and these guys were still no. just excited to be there and just glad to have a bike in the show. And, and they were like so excited. They were one of the 10 winners in the, in the chopper thing early on. And, um, we were, everybody was so we were all really just just cutting our teeth yeah. man i mean it all it all happened you know jeff and donnie really became a big thing yep i can remember i can remember paul paul cox i'm talking about but i can remember one year he came through the crowd and he had like i don't know what happened but he, he slipped off his clutch or something and at the same time grabbed a, a handful of throttle he went he went through the crowd recapture and control his motorcycle but it was like it was like he was a superhero all of a sudden man like you know we knew a couple of us knew that he was trying to get control back of the bike but to everyone else it looked like he was shooting through the sky you know like there goes paul cox you know but that shit all really just happened it was it was evolving right there man at the at those at those early smoke out years it was incredible It, it was inspirational um because from the east coast I, I i had never seen anybody building bikes like that and and just taking parts off and painting them flat black um uh, you know it was all new to us we were all young and crazy and um and you just went home and you couldn't wait to buy something and start working on it and you've and the, and the beauty is always at the smoke out there's enough bikes that are sort of obviously handmade that you're like, you know what? If I screw it up, the world's not going to end. Um, everybody breaks down and, um, it's, it's really an inspirational event because you go and you're, you're kind of come home and you go, I can do this. Unlike, I think sometimes you go to these professional shows and you look at these professionally built bikes and like, Oh wow. Um, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't have a TIG Waller. I don't have a, you know, yeah. a CNC machine. And you're like, oh, it's, you know, maybe someday I'll be rich and can buy something like that. But this was the one event that was really, truly genuine where you go home and you want to, and, you, and, and you're looking at parts like immediately and you're um, modifying things right away. It's, it's, um, it's one of those things that gets you into the garage. So let's uh, let's go back for a second and talk about the capabilities of military planning. Um, <laughs> year number two, we get wind of this, and we're still doing like a little shit local paper magazine, yeah. and we're like, oh, we're all fired up. We're like, oh my god, these are people like us. These are dirty chopper jockeys with you know rattle cam black motorcycles. We're going. Yeah. We're riding there. So. I get the number. I was telling him this in pre-show. I get the number out of the magazine. I'm like, I'm going to call him in and tell him we're coming. You know, we're coming down to support you. So I call, and Edge picks up the phone. He goes, yeah, Edge. And I'm like, hey, man, this is Chris from Cycle Source in Pittsburgh. And me and a bunch of the guys are riding down. And I can hear his voice. He's like, um, okay, have a good ride. We'll see you when you get here. Like, what were we thinking, right? Uh, yeah. He's going to be like, oh, my God. So cool. You guys, you guys that's so great that you're coming. But we pull in. And uh, ride like all day, almost go to jail because Peffer had yeah. Peffer had a, a drink outside of a. We got into the into the Smoky Mountains. Peffer had a drink on a sidewalk outside of a convenience store. More cops than I've ever seen showed up, and while while. 
Peffer's getting searched, I'm screaming at the cop, talking about civil rights, and he's violating Peffer's rights. And over his shoulder, I see Zummy going like this. He's like, no, dude. Well, after we settle down and, and the police leave, <laughs> Zummy tells me, he goes, you dumbass. He said, I got a whole saddlebag full of pot. <laughs> All of my pills are in the other bag. He said, we would have all went to jail forever. So, And that was before we even got there. So we pull in. There's orange spray paint on big sheets of plywood that just said smoke out with like an arrow paint on yeah. it and shit. We get in. We're like, yeah, we're here. Let's get tore up. We were on the Cherokee Indian Reservation. <laughs> There was, no. it was, it was, I think it was a 20 mile ride to go back out to get beer yeah, so we right. could get to her up. <laughs> I, and I've got a, so one of my friends, John, rides out and um, fills up his saddlebags with beer and ice and he's riding back on. And they don't have a whole lot of police on the reservation. So the, the actual chief of police, who is a Native American, uh, you know, Indian, chief um stops john and he's like uh could i ask you why your saddlebags are leaking and he's got his arms crossed too, just like you know and john said uh that's probably the ice melting that's keeping the beer cold and, and the chief looks at john and he goes did you know alcohol is the number one killer of the native american and john looks at him he goes I'm sorry, dude. I thought it was John Wayne. <laughs> and, and he's like, shut the hell up. And uh, anyway, oh. <laughs> the chief of police says, would you like to see the inside of our prisons? And then he was cool about it and, and let everybody go. But um, I mean, that stuff was real. I, uh, you can't make that stuff up. It was like... Um, it is. Uh, so, it, so later we decided a dry reservation wasn't our best bet. <laughs> <laughs> Not with this crew. You know, the funny uh, part about it is the, the event was totally badass. It was always fun. But again, the rides there and back were oh man, were epic. I mean, the memories from the rides there and back were pretty off the charts. No, because seriously, that was, the, that was the one thing about it. Smokeout was consistently the yeah. one ride that no matter where else, you know, we'd throw everything in the shithouse into a trailer and drag it all around the country to do all this crazy stuff. But Smokeout, there was something, there was like a, you know, a sanctity about it that we all rode to the smoke out. And even if we sent somebody with a chase trailer, it was like a ritual that you had, you had to ride there. You had to do that whole, you know, day or two of travel and, and, yeah. and really do it like that to well, do it justice. I always got stuck driving the lead sled trailer. So I've never really, I did actually <laughs> rode one year. I did, but you know, even, even in the trailer, I mean, I remember one year we were just about at the smoke out and Kevin's, uh, Kevin's transmission locked up, dead smack in the fast lane, doing about 80 mile an hour. He wasn't 45 feet in front of me, and I was in the dually in the trailer. I don't know how I didn't kill him. I have no clue. But I can tell you, we pulled over, picked the bike up, loaded it, and we're back on the road in about eight minutes. So, because we were all in a big hurry to get the smoke out. So, yeah, it was a, dude, we, we used to have so much fun going there, coming back. On the way home, it was horrible because we were, we all had blood poisoning or alcohol poisoning. But, uh, it, dude, we had so much fun. All right, so I have a question. I never had the um, occasion, pleasure, I'm not sure which Privilege, word I want to use, honor. to attend a smoke out. Oh, boy. I want to hear, Chris, your favorite memory, Mark, your favorite memory, and Edge, if you can pick out one memory, like your favorite one that stands out the most in your mind. Let, let's start with our guest. It's his, it's his floor. 
Yeah. Wow. I have so many. Um, I, I guess the one that's in my mind right now, anyway, um, the, everybody, not everybody, but sometimes guys would get in a day early and they would hit the Goodwills and buy a bunch of furniture and make like little living rooms out at the event. And I don't even, they must've used the chase vehicle to get it there. But then they didn't need the furniture at the end of the event. So Saturday night, somebody gets this brilliant idea that they're not going to use this couch anyway. So they tie a rope to it with a shovel head and they're pulling the couch with a shovel head. And there's a 30 foot rooster tail of dirt and somebody lights it on fire and the flames shoot up. I mean, 40 feet in the air. I mean, they put a lot of gasoline on this and this burning couch is going through being towed by a shovel head and the fire truck turns on and just gets behind it. And then the thing's only going like 10 miles an hour and they're moving through the crowd with the fire truck right behind them. And the chief gets out of the truck and I'm like, Hey dude, I am sorry. And he goes, yeah, we need to practice. This is good fun. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's good. And there was, I mean, every, every year had stories like that every year. I remember who was it that was doing the burnout in one of the hotel rooms? Hotel room? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What is wrong with you people? Dude, I'm still gonna say probably my favorite after shit dicking the whole day at the event, going back to the to the hotel hall in the office chair races. Oh yeah, office chair races. Hands without down, a doubt. probably a doubt. one of the greatest things. Somebody gets somebody gets the idea that, and this this comes this is like an extension of the of the burning couch thing. This time it's like five or six bikes with toe straps with ratchet straps and we take like you know how every hotel room has the office chair and a little desk we took six office chairs out of the hotel rooms yep. and decided to race around the building and f- we found out real quick they don't last long so we ended up probably <laughs> taking every freaking chair out of every room because here's what happens when you get an office chair on pavement up to about 45 miles an hour yeah. the bearings literally the, come apart yeah, from the wheels the little plastic wheels blow up <laughs> Who would expect that? Who would know? A little bit more quality when you make an office chair, you know? I have a question. How many years did they continue to let you go back to that hotel? Oh, dude, it was great. Forever, I think, right? Yeah, Yeah, they were actually, yeah, yeah, they were really cool about it. Dude, we wrecked Um, that place. I thought every time. I think when when Smokeout left Salisbury, I think the the person or or organization that was the most upset about it was the Holiday Holiday Inn. Inn. Hands down. Yeah. Did they like triple key the room rates or what? I don't Not that I can remember. No, I don't think so. Them being that much different. Dude, underneath the the pull in where you go in to check in was like such a throwdown party. That's where everybody, you left the event after you killed it all day long. The bands were awesome. The people were just crazy. Then you go there, and I don't care where anybody was staying. You ended up at that Holiday Inn oh, yeah. under that checkout pavilion. Yep. And if, if you were lucky enough to have a camera on your phone or a camera in your hand, you got some of the coolest pictures of some of the most iconic people in the industry just totally let it all hang out. Like, <laughs> dude, you went home, and you had stories to tell for a month. It was worth yep. every minute of it. One of the paintings we have is from Yeah, that's the from holiday. that's from yeah. the holiday. Yeah. Yep. And you know what it's it's really crazy like you know now to look at that painting 
and you see, you know, Richie Pan's viola is there, and Billy Velvet's car is there, and like oh, you know, yeah. Billy so, Velvet. I'm gonna take a picture of it and throw it in the Flickr account so you can show people. Well, here while you do that, I'm gonna talk about. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and talk about how how this event launched a whole movement, but also also a lot of people's careers and personalities that you know for the last two decades our industry has been built from one of those people i can remember a very early smoke out in salisbury coming upon a uh, a buff young man who had a little two by two card table and a um, little bit of literature on it and he was kind of clean shaven and looked pretty well put together and you walked up to him and he started telling you the whole story about how he has this idea to do this program at the high school where he teaches shop and he was gonna you know get the school to let him start bringing motorcycles in and you know he was looking for support from the industry and and that guy today ends up being kevin teach bass but how many how many stories like that can you tell about those those two decades of smoke out god there are so many uh, um builders and uh things like Kevin Bass, um, that all started right there. Um, you know, Billy Lane has always been super talented and he's always been Billy Lane, but man, back at the very early smokeouts, um, every, uh, and even now, even to the end, everybody was so accessible, is so accessible. It's, it's the one place, like if I go out to Sturgis, um, I don't, Necessary, you can't. It's just different. You don't. Yep. The smoke out is just they're right there, and you just go up and hang out. Yeah. And yeah, it's no it's a whole, and, different, uh, whole different feel. And they're walking around and, and they're checking out your bike and going, yep. "Man, this part here, this what you did right here is a great idea." You know, and and it's like, wow, you know. Yeah, um, it, it was a completely different feel there. It was so homey compared to. How no vel- no velvet the- rope. Yeah. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Right. Like, there was no velvet rope. It wasn't like you were going through a display right. with, you know, th- with things that you were paid attractions you were going to see. It was literally just community. Every, you know, even to the end, we'd have people, we had some film crews come out from California that did a host of other events and everything. And their comments were always the same. It's like, this is actually real. Like this is what some of the other events are pretending is real, but it's really real here. It's yeah. truly authentic. And uh, then they say, "How do you not get sued?" <laughs> <laughs> we should. I'm going to go back that one picture there, and we should talk about this because this was another thing that developed over the years. It just became legendary. Oh, it, it like blew the up. the mini bike races were were this the one of the sickest things and who would have who would have figured you know like a bunch of grizzled old bikers putting together a crazy time and and this is what would come out of it mini bikes and the the costumes costumes too costumes were ridiculous yeah you know that was just a brilliant idea that like the office chair i mean these guys brought mini bikes the sean from excess speed they started racing around the building and then the next year there were more and there were more and then we brought it into the main event and um the the superhero costume thing took it over the top um but it's all just homegrown 
the thing that I don't know about the smokeout is I don't even know what we can truly take credit for and what we can't. <laughs> it's not seriously because you see mini bikes at a lot of events now, and, and you're wondering if it came from the smokeout. And a lot of times, I think some of that stuff did. Oh, I'm like sure. The, the very first time, the the third smokeout, we started a poker chip. Um, that was really cool, and we just handed them out as a kind of a souvenir. And when I was making them, I'm, I'm calling the people that make poker chips. I'm trying to explain what I would use it for. And they're like, well, why would you want to do that? I'm like, because it's different. You know, I've never. Now you walk into Harley Davidson dealership oh, all yeah. over the place and they're giving away, yeah. or they're selling, not giving away poker chips. All the dealerships have them. I'm like, did was that us? Because yeah, nobody was I, I doing I think it, it might have been. Yeah. But who knows? But anyway, the, the mini bikes got absolutely crazy and continued. There's nothing like seeing a clown with three foot long shoes longer than the mini bike sliding into a corner, <laughs> like trying to edge out Nacho Libre. Wait, wait till Beaner hears that you just called him a clown on the yeah. national national program. That's terrible. Uh, Beaner, Beaner's been called worse. <laughs> yeah, yes, he has. So he's there's very, very just. He doesn't that. have internet down there in Tennessee where he's at right now, so we're good. There's so many people throwing up comments here. David Crumb said, uh, made a hot tub. Um, hot tub out of a pickup truck. Um, Michael said uh, the year Rhett got airlifted out. Yeah, people saying they got yeah. kicked like out of horrible, hotel rooms. Yeah. And that they registered under false names, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. They, every year they had to register <laughs> under someone else's name. <clears throat> Did, and, I, and I'm shocked we didn't have to do that sometimes. So, no shit. Yeah, it was like... It was crazy. I'll tell you, a lot of times, another cool thing about it was, you know, we went through a lot with Cycle Source and a lot of times, you know, it, n- not riding, I'd, I'd run the lead sled trailer and stuff and pulling in the in the parking lots and the people would see, you know, me and Chris and Pat and Kevin and Ferguson and Flip and people pulling in those parking lots and they'd go freaking crazy like the circus is in town you know wait we gotta get i gotta get to a picture because this is something i know that we invented at the smoke out <laughs> not not those pictures hang on oh here boy. it comes oh so yeah every Definitely. everything that was ridiculous started at the lead sled trailer for some reason but th- this thing in particular once upon a time somebody decided to start putting alcohol and super soakers yep and man that's kind of brilliant Dude, it was it was yeah. it was horrible, is what it was. No, it it was it was obscene because we we were already taking in copious amounts of alcohol, and this just made a game out of it. <laughs> yes, it did. Ah, <laughs> oh, so bad. That and, and the other thing, like the setups there, um, almost like you you know setting up the. I remember the one year, two years, like we were all in like this big horseshoe, and the the party just it never stopped. That horseshoe was so much fun, and anybody that came in it became a part of it. I remember one year setting the trailer up right down from the stage, and uh, I remember them coming over and telling us they couldn't get us electric and uh, because they didn't want us, you know. I mean, obviously, we were right next to the stage. They didn't want to hear our PA playing the whole time, so we ran to Walmart and bought a generator and put it behind the trailer and fired the PA up, and everybody was all pissed off at us. They kept coming over and pulling our pulling our uh, our cord out, and we're like, dude, it's a smokeout. We're allowed to do anything we want here, right? And, and Heather. Was, dude, it was so much fun. You know, come to think of it, 
that was one of the first places at a motorcycle event that I can remember there being a high striker. Yeah. Oh, right. That was the lead sled used to be on the front of the tongue of the of the lead sled trailer. Yep. And everybody. Everybody, Everybody stopped it. to yep. try. And the funny part about it was the chicks did way better than the guys. Oh, yeah. Like Hands that down. probably five to one, the girls over the guys would, would definitely ring that bell. So, awesome. Kurt Green just said that the smokeout was the first place he ever set up when he first started doing leather work. Oh, right on. I remember Kurt well from, yeah. And... I think he was talking like Paul Cox at the time and stuff. Just that's the thing. You could just walk up to yep. Paul Cox if you're doing leather work and go, Hey Paul, how do you you know, how do you do this? And um and everybody's like um and I tell you though, man, everybody wanted to be set up. All those vendors wanted to be set up by Pat, you guys and Lens Sled. Yeah. Um they had their own contingency we used to call it the corner office. Everybody wanted to be in the corner office because it <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, we used to, uh, and it, and the difference was that, like nobody was, um, there was no egos, there was no, like you said, it was just so open. It was anybody, all Larry or Billy or yeah, Christ, look, this is I I, I, got, I dug this picture up of the old Chopper's Inc. trailer, and that was that was it. Like Billy would just pull in, you know, yep. his shit was there, like everybody else's. Yeah, it was just so, and, and he like Pat and Billy and all those guys. It would ride, yep. you know. Yep. It, it was a hundred. Everything was just tr true. He, these guys who are, are who they were. There are no like pretense at all. It was, um, and that that that's one thing that never changed. I really enjoy that about the event. It did. It was, and that that's something about it. You went back there every year. And, and everybody knew. I mean, you walked you walked through that gate. You were on an open kiln. Like everybody was on the same level. It was it was pretty awesome. I remember uh, I remember one year, uh, me and uh, Jeff and Donnie uh, sitting around talking about exactly that. How how cool it was that everybody was on the same level there. There was no egos. There was no crap. You were there to have fun, hang out with your friends, have a few drinks, listen to the bands, and watch people do crazy shit. So. And, so check it out. This is uh, to to demonstrate our our explanation of this stuff a little more of the Holiday Inn. This was a good brother of ours, Seth Leibowitz, and and I worked on this on this painting. I was at the time I Seth Seth eventually taught me to paint, but at the time all I could do was I was like I I know how this scene should look. So we put together out of thirty or forty pictures, we put together the perfect Holiday Inn party scene based on the the smoke out days and this is that picture that we were talking and, about and, and that's about the feel of it right there too i mean and dude like yeah, that's a great picture man and when we talk about like there's there's richie's bike off to the side you know and billy velvet's car you know when you go through like these were all real people that were that were there oh, all the yeah. time so you can you know as you go through this you start picking out guys and you're like wow because i don't think at the time we knew everybody as yeah. well so now you're starting to recognize yeah. the faces, you know, and it's and, I mean, and even then it's inspiring art, you know, yeah. like it's so on your mind. You go and you, you paint it just to, um, it, and that's the thing. It was actually an artist colony. I mean, you had leather workers, oh yeah, and 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 every kind of metal work and and paint and. It was just an artist colony of people coming together with ideas. Um, 
as much as the party. I mean, um, some of those ideas. <laughs> I mean, some, some of the expressionism. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that was a little odd. But still, like going going back to that picture. Every time I look at it, I remember that parking lot. Every time I look at oh, it, yeah. I remember. I remember the everything that we did. And like I said, the office chair races and the the crazy nights and the drives there and back. And yeah, it was it was always an epic event, no questions asked. I, you can't take anything away from that. And then to boot, for for us, uh, you know, the smokeout was as big as Sturgis or as big as Daytona. And and really, in my mind, you said it before. It was so much better to me because there wasn't that separation. You didn't have to get in your car or your or get on your bike and or ride in line to get fifty an miles. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have to do that. You have to go fifty miles from here to there. Everything was in one great area, and you never had to leave it. It was it was probably the best part of the whole thing. So let's um let's let's move on now to uh, what what year was it that we that we saw the smoke out move from that Salisbury spot to, to the rock. Um, like a, that had to be like a smoke out nine. I think I'm not positive, but I think it was like smoke out nine. So about halfway, um, halfway through. Yeah. So we got kicked out of, uh, Cherokee, which I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> Uh, so, and then we went to Farmington and they actually, it, that was interesting because they had heard all these stories, which really weren't true. The police in Salisbury are, were, wait, I'm sorry. So we went from Cherokee and then we went to Salisbury and the police there were fantastic. It's one of the most, um, just common sense police forces I've ever dealt with in my life. They were actually, as crazy as the events seemed, they really didn't let anybody do stuff that would let them get, get into serious trouble. And they were really good at stopping it without stopping the party. Um, there was When they interceded, whoever they were telling to stop it was like, oh yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> because they weren't stopping anything just to stop it. Um, they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I probably should stop. Thank you. <laughs> because that probably could have killed me. Um, it was just a great police force. And um, the only reason we left there is because, uh, you know, the antics were sort of legendary. And there was some some people that didn't come to the event that tried that ran on this political platform to stop it and they were briefly successful and the, the police really didn't want us to go which really sucked and then we went to farmington for a while and um that only lasted a, a year um they actually sued us not to have the event because they thought we'd tear up the town and oh. then we had the event and then they're like oh gosh we'd like you to come back next year and we're <laughs> like are you kidding me <laughs> and uh then they said, well, we'd hire you to run an event. I'm like, you sued us not to have the event. And then I, I told you. Um, but anyway, so, and then we went to Rockingham, which um, I'm, it was really great events at Rockingham. But I do have, um, 
I felt I always felt Rockingham was a little bit too big, um, and I, I probably that was probably a mistake. But um, we still had really great events. But when you spread it out so far, um, we had bigger crowds. But it didn't. I think having a smaller venue uh, builds up the excitement a little bit. But um, but we still had really great events at Rockingham. So, mm-hmm. um, but Salisbury, in my mind, was probably the highlight of oh yeah the years of the Smokeout. Rockingham was fun. We we pretty much killed it at Rockingham yeah. too. I mean, it yeah, was, we had, yeah, um, yeah. And I can't take. I mean, in the campground, God, it's crazy. I mean, you had to have your big point big boy pants on in the campground. Oh, most was. definitely. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> yeah. that was pretty much a uh, a grown up campground. No questions asked. <laughs> yeah, it was a free for all. Yeah, I can't take anything away from Rockingham, but. Wait a minute! I took something away from Rockingham. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I ever admitted that. <laughs> Did you steal that, Christopher? No, you shut your mouth. I won a race. <laughs> Was it a drinking competition? No. That's besides the point. <laughs> oh Jesus! Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man. Um, we're going to take two seconds here and uh, and and pay some love to our sponsors will you stay with us because on the other side we want to talk a little bit more about coming up to the 20th and and some uh some news that you have that we're all going to bring out here right now can you stick with us through the other side of the commercial absolutely i love you i'm having a blast all right man hey this is chris with cycle source magazine i'm reminding you you guys are watching shop talk every sunday 9 p.m eastern through the courtesy of the dennis kirk Motorcycle Studio. Stick around. We're going to be back in just two minutes. Everything we do at the track shapes what we build for the street and the dirt. You can see how bad these guys want it. The race to the line. For us, racing is not for the trophies or the glory. We compete because it makes everything we do faster, more durable, and tested to a higher standard. For SNS, racing is the ultimate in proven performance, and we've been proving it since 1958. My name is Patrick Maloney. Most all my friends call me Mo. You know, I liked motorcycles and hot rods long before I could drive. I remember looking out the window of the family car when I was a kid, and my mom would see me eyeballing that guy on a Harley and just knowing it was just burning her up. I never had a street bike until I joined the Navy. The Navy was cool. We always had a group of guys. All the guys on the ship that rode Harleys always hung out together. I remember getting off the ship with snow on the ground in Virginia, and the first place I went was right up to that knucklehead and fired up. Never gave it another thought. You know, a lot of times I didn't have a car. That's how I got into biking. Six months later, I bought another one. 
Probably another six months later, I bought a knucklehead rolling chassis with a pair of chrome invader wheels on it and a jocklid four-speed transmission, candy red over gold. Right in the middle of a trailer park, I found a knucklehead motor. Bought that motor for $350 in 1982. This isn't just my garage, this is my living room. My name's Patrick Maloney, and I'm a Dennis Kirk garage builder. Hey, what's up, man? It's Chris from Cyclesource Magazine, Greasy Gears TV, and we are still alive, I should say yes. it that way, still alive yes. here in Tennessee. <laughs> Motorcycles and music, revival, and man, the size of this bent is incredible this year. Obviously, Jeff G. Holt, B-Twin Visionary, you guys know him. I don't even have to introduce you and say that dumb shit, but what I really want to talk about, man, is like, you know, a lot of people from the outside might be going like, what do you mean, like, performance with choppers? And But those lines are starting to disappear. I mean, for me, choppers are the original performance Harleys. Everybody took crap off these heavy old FLs and made them super badass. I mean, and now, of course, you got performance baggers, performance soft tails, Dynas and FXRs, which have always been that, but I mean, People still are like, why do you have choppers in your show and customs? I was like, well, I mean, if you look at the customs we have, they are performance-made bikes. Maybe, yeah, they are hardtailed, but still, man, they're stripped down, they're fast, they're fun to ride, and that's where we're at. Started, you know, a while back, Jesse started putting Brembo brakes on the West Coast Chopper's bikes and, you know, lighter wheels and this and that, you know, and, you know, that the end of what we know of what, what West Coast Chopper's was was becoming a performance brand. You know, his the CFL2 had hydroform swing arm looking rear end, even though it was rigid. And, you know, to see all that stuff being repurposed from European race bikes onto Harley Davidson's, whether it's a chopper or a Dyna or, or a bagger, is awesome. And, you know, the perfect thing is for the, the setting of all this to be at the Loretta Lynn Ranch, where the AMA Amateur Nationals go down because as those generations were coming across from district motocross racing to AMA Pro National to, you know, graduating from that and ending up on street bikes, that's that's where all this, the, the confluence is, you know? It, it's super crazy that there's, there's, there's young men racing, you know, professional dirt bikes and flat track on, on KTMs, but yet they ride their Harleys over here and put them in the show. And that actually happened today. I mean, that's so cool that... You know, all of us love seeing the younger generation coming, but to see it happening so fast, it's badass. First year blowing it up here for these guys in a big way. What's up? I mean, we, you know, we partnered with Harley Davidson on this series, and they asked me to come be part of this show in Tennessee, along with Bill Dodge's stuff and everything else, and to add a little more performance flavor to, to a, a chopper show, you know. And I think we've done good this year. Absolutely. So where are you guys off to after this? Uh, we're going to be back in Phoenix for a little while, then L.A. for some motorcycle stuff, 
flying back to Macon, getting in the van, and going to uh, New Hampshire for the big one up there, man. Yeah, and then we're going to, yeah, no, 98. It's crazy, man. And I haven't been there in a decade. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And then we're going to be on the road coming across the country. So uh, check definitely check our feeds for that. Yeah, where's everybody watch at? Hey, man, Jeff G, at Jeff G. Holt, at V-Twin Visionary, V-TwinVisionary.com, you know. Check them out. Jeff G. Holt, V-Twin Visionary. I'm Chris with CycleSource. Thanks for spending some time with us. We're going to go enjoy the rest of TMMR and uh, hopefully bring you some guys, you, you some of this stuff after the fact because we're not even here. I know. I'm on vacation. That's right. Okay, so I have to be completely honest with you guys. I snuck that extra piece in there because I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> I drank I like... I can't believe you had time to pull that video together. Like, seriously? No, but I wanted to because we had we had so, we got so much good stuff. Like, I actually... Mark, I flew the drone through the, the corral where all the bikes are. Oh, yeah. And got, like, this cool, you know, floating drone footage and stuff. So, hey, listen, um, welcome back to Shop Talk. You guys are along for the ride with us. We've been talking to Edge from the Smokeout and uh, and regaling over the years the, the punishment, the torment, and the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the revelry of Smokeout past. It sounds like it was sure something. Yes, it was. Thanks for being here with us tonight, man. This has been really good. Uh, I am so thankful that you have me here tonight. I'm so thankful why you have me here tonight. I'm, I'm really, I can't uh, be more grateful than what you've got in mind. That's I, we've obviously got a secret that's going to come out tonight. And um, <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk about that. Let's go back to let's go back to. Um, you know, coming up to the 20 years and everything that the smoke out had become and how important it was to people. I mean, you know, honestly, for for generations now, this has become this has become that cornerstone, like I said. And then hitting 20 years and and coming into COVID and God, it just seemed like everything got so much harder. Yeah, we, um, you know, the event never slowed down. We had some. Uh, I, I I don't even like to think about it. We we came up on some bad times. We not at the event, but around the event, some vampires got into the castle. I don't want to talk about that too much. <laughs> really? um, you know, I was working with guys in a magazine that I, I I'm still fond of uh, all of them, really. Um, uh, but there's. You know, an influence got in there, and I don't want to go into it too much. But no, we we definitely um, like. I I want to say I want to say before we even get into this part of it, like 
you know, those were those were all of our friends. Like everybody, yeah. everybody in the horse and cycle source, and like all of us, all of us got along. And you know, I, I don't think anybody was was more sad to see that magazine go away than us. Yeah, right. Well, they, so there was a person that had this. You know, they said, "Oh, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna just stop sending out subscriptions." And I'm like, "No friggin' way!" I'm like, "If you listen to me, this is the dumbest idea ever." If you said, "Listen, we don't have enough money to keep operating. Please send in forty dollars." They would have thousands yeah. of people would have sent in yeah. forty dollars. I mean, it, it was it was just the dumbest thing ever. And yeah. it, 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 anyway, so we got that's where I parted ways, and um, it got really ugly because I wasn't on board with some of that stuff, and we parted ways and the smoke out would have kept on going just fine. I was just at that point, I just didn't want to keep running it at the time. Um, I was, I was getting a little bit tired. I had some stuff going on. And, um, uh, so I'll, I, you know, since it ended, I'll go to Willie's tropical tattoo, like my favorite place in Daytona or, oh, yeah. or even at Sturgis, I'll go from, you know, someone will come up and they'll just tell me these great stories that happened to them and how they were inspired when they were younger and they built their first bike because they went to it and 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 then but it'll always end with they tell me these great stories and how they've got this young kid they want to bring and then they go so what are we going to do how are we going to keep it going and I didn't have an answer and it it was it's such a horrible feeling that I have an answer to that question after they tell you hey this was really influential in my life. Um, it, it gave me a reason to go uh, to a welding class. It gave me a reason to just a million great things that came out of it. And um, then they said, well, what are we going to do next? And I'd be like, uh, you know, I don't know right now. <laughs> and it was just such a – I actually kind of didn't go to Willie's twice, and it's my favorite place to go to just because I didn't have an answer to that question. Um, so Well, and you know, even this weekend – even this weekend at TMMR, I bet you if there was one person, there was twelve people that asked me about Smokeout. Yep. What's going on? What do you hear? It's you know it's it's on everyone's mind still right now. You, you know I appreciate that, and I, uh, I, I, the the one thing about the Smokeout is I I never felt like it was. Uh, I always felt like I was just a like the caretaker of it i you know everybody like i didn't plan all that and everything i just provided a forum and the the people that came provided the the real event and um so you know it wasn't like i sat there like oh wouldn't this be a great idea oh wouldn't that be a great idea i have all these great ideas that was never it um and 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 when i say i i mean all of his excess speed and beaner and uh you know roadside marty and um you know george the painter and on and on and on you know matt d and uh, all the great guys and i sean you know i i didn't mention 15 of them right now so i never should have said the first name but <laughs> um, uh, but it was always their event i mean everybody that came chris you and 
and uh, lead sled guys and you know pat and it, it was everybody that that brought the the stuff they'd, they'd come up with these great ideas and so you know, i just get a call and somebody would be like um uh you know they're doing this chopper prom but we could we could have a chopper prom and then so i'd type up uh you know i'd post something like, hey what do you think about a chopper prom and i'd get a somebody call me from atlanta and they say Hey, we heard you might do a chopper prom. You could have tryouts for the wedding singer here at uh, this club in Atlanta, and uh, we just have all this crazy stuff developed. We'd send film crews, and um, and it, it was always that kind of event. And man, that just um, actually chopper prom might have been the best thing we ever. You know, when you asked me about the best memory, that might have been chopper prom. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Pat from Lead Sled was his, him and his wife were yeah. the king and queen. King and queen, yeah. Uh, Dude, yeah, that, that was a that white was, tuxedo with mint. That was prepped uh, for like months, just to let you know that that wasn't a wing or a prayer right there. There, <laughs> like we knew that was going on, and that was it, it went on for like seriously probably three weeks to prep for that. Dude, that wedding so singer fun. killed it. Oh, we yeah. had uh, it was almost <laughs> like uh, that show where they picked the singers, but we had tryouts for it, and we did it at this strip club. <laughs> and the advertisement for the strip club, it was the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta. And it was this basement of a condemned building. And it was the weirdest place. And it said, where strippers go to die. They literally had <laughs> strippers I in their heard, 90s. Believe Some it or not, them. I've actually heard of that place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, and they've had the, like like plus over 400 pound stripper. And so they would have these strippers that no one would look at. And... <laughs> and these workers and they would have uh hollywood stars just walk in and sit with the workers anyway we picked a wedding singer there and um we had a prom one night uh and and pat from lead sled was uh i gotta get you pictures of that someday yeah him, that him, was him and jen were yeah. the king and queen or, yeah um and <laughs> we lost him oh we lost edge i'll tell you later <laughs> okay yeah, it, so the claremont lounge now is a boutique yeah hotel. so we had tryouts for a wedding singer for three weeks and then we picked a wedding singer and the guy killed it and uh he had a, a fog machine and we had uh bikes set up <laughs> where you could be there with your prom date and basically what it was is we told we have a lot of women attend the event and they all have all these uh, bridesmaids dresses they're never going to wear again. And we said, well, we'll just have a chopper prom where you can wear that bridesmaid dress, you know, pack it in your saddlebag and wear it Saturday night after the smokeout ends. And we'll have uh, just like a prom. And you could, we had bikes where you could take your picture like the king and queen. And we had a, a prom photographer and um, <laughs> we had punch bowls that got spiked. It was just yeah. like problems this this crew needs very very little encouragement for it like all you have to do is throw an idea out there oh, we yeah. did we did a thing in sturgis this year it was a a pimp and hoe party what we called I it i want to go to chopper prom see see i totally want to go to chopper prom. all you have to do is put one of these ideas out there and they run oh away. yeah oh disco night in sturgis oh it was that's worth what i'm it. saying it was Hollywood worth it's weight and gold. hello 
And, and again, that came from a student. Everybody bitched at me about putting my music on, and they're like, "Dude, we ought to have a we ought to have a hip hop night, or we ought to have a you know whatever a, a, a disco night." And guess what? It worked out great. So, so much fun. It was. It was. Well, yeah, you, 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 when you have a crowd that can just put their egos completely aside and oh. just say, "I don't care." It's going to be a good time. And that's definitely the crowd that we're talking about. This oh, whole yeah. group that come to these, you know, the smoke out guys. And the funny part about it is over all these years, we've all stuck together. So it's, you know, if, if the party went on again, we'd all end up there again. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it wouldn't change. So definitely something uh, something that would be awesome. The, the other thing I love is it's just such a multi-generational uh, thing. Um I, I, I've seen guys that won in the chopper contest that were like 19, 20, 21, and they were there with their dads that were, you know. Uh, so from really young guys to even, we've even getting Dave Perowitz and uh, all of the famous people from that sort of preceded us in this whole crazy endeavor yeah. showing up and um it's really kind of spans the generation. I think we have the youngest demographic, though, of any rally um, that I've ever been to. We have a lot of young, young, young builders in there. Yeah. Um, well, so the twentieth one was in twenty nineteen, right? It was. Is that yes. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So if if you guys if you guys are cool with this, we're gonna take. Probably the next, the next month or so, we're going to be talking about old smokeout days. I'm actually going through my archives right now for that first year that we went, and we want to have you come back on and talk some more and, and tell some more of these stories. And maybe, maybe we'll even the next time we have one of these shows, we'll get like excess speed here and roadside on at the same time, and like we'll just have like a round table and Pat Patterson, yeah. And all of us just tell old smoke out stories. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Kevin and, yeah. So. Yeah. Be like old home week. Hey, Chris, Tom Kiefer wants to know if we have Chopper Prom, if I can be his date. No. <laughs> Look at that. No. <laughs> Jesus. So, Tom Kiefer has some great smoke out stories. And um, <laughs> you got to hear how anal bead Bob got to be known as anal, anal bead bob because he got he, he wanted a really comfortable seat to ride down to the smoke out on and he shopped all over and he found one of these beaded seats but it wasn't the right shape for his chopper seat so he cut it but took leather and tied the ends and and made this beaded seat so he'd be comfortable on his chopper and he's riding down the road and these beads are like hitting the pavement and dinging the guys behind them like little bombs going off while they're riding down the highway. And um, so uh, they started calling him anal bead, which he's known as anal bead today. Um, just uh, another smoke out story. That now so, that you mentioned I'm Kiefer. I, yeah, I'm, I'm into, I like the fact Kiefer just moved in. Did you check that out? I love right. him. He's all about it now. Talking. There's uh we got a we got a comment from the homie Big Rick. Shout out to the old graybeard who was walking around the smokeout with a 21 year old nude Filipino girl wearing only Mardi Gras beads. I believe it was 2007 or eight. 
Oh, we have no way to keep up with nude women based on there. There was always way too the late, the later, you know, the later in the afternoon it got, you know, before everybody headed to the hotels. It, uh, it sometimes it got questionable. Hey, we know Ferguson so was usually out, naked. So right. this, the smoke out wasn't a family friendly event. It was our no, family. Yeah. You had to be 18. You still, you had to be 18 to get in. Um, yeah, I think that's good though. Like that—that's how yeah. it should be. And I went. I made an exception to that one year. I don't know if you remember the Ice Cream Man from Hell. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Ice Cream Man from Hell. He's like, oh, I got my nephew, and he's really mature for his age. He's not 21, but just let him in. He looks a lot older than he actually is. And I'm like, well, how old is it? He's like, oh, he's 15, but he looks 21. You know. So I'm like, no, this is really against my better judgment. He's like, no, man, I can vouch. This kid will stay out of trouble. And uh, and he looks 21 anyway. So the kid comes in. He looks 12. (laughs) And about an hour later, we used to have a mechanical bull where the girls would strip naked and ride the mechanical bull, which um, I obviously wouldn't want. A 12 year old to ever see and i look over an hour later and there are two naked women on the mechanical bull and he's in the middle like, oh, oh my god, god. i'm grab ice cream man i'm like oh my god i was mad but you know what are you gonna do you know but we took care of it and hopefully he's not scarred dude he's if, okay if that happened today you'd still oh be in jail god. yes you you'd would still oh be god, in jail. Yeah. you know like <laughs> That was like I can't. Uh, again, he's you, a good guy. But, yeah, again, uh, you believed the ice cream man from hell. So, well, and you yeah. know what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> listen, I say that I say that that he'd still be in jail. But like Joe Rogan's piece about right, you know, this kind of thing being gender specific. You know, Joe Rogan said in one of his stand ups, you know, I too, like any American in here, if Harvey Weinstein propositioned my daughter f- for a partner movie for sex, I would kill him. <laughs> he said, but, but? if Harvina Weinstein told my son that he could get a solid role. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> get in there and make that lady happy, son. Christopher. Hey, I didn't say it. Joe yeah. Rogan did. <laughs> Kiefer just said that that kid's a pimp now. Yeah, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, and there, Mike uh, Robb says, he's the ice cream man from hell. That's self-explanatory. Right. <laughs> it probably wasn't even his nephew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a pretty good guy. Actually. Yes, I, I was. He, he's uh, a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, just just like you, we've been hearing all this all the stuff too. People lamenting the the loss of of what this event has has come to mean to everybody. A lot of them that never got their chance to do it. And uh, you and I started talking about this around around Daytona this year, and um, it. It looks like the the news is the news is coming out now, so I'm going to turn it over to you because I don't even feel like I have I have the right to to say these words. It's it's such an honor for us, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. So Cycle Source Magazine is going to keep this event alive, and uh, we, we're not ready to say where or when, um, but there's going to be a twenty a, a smoke out in the year 2022. And um, 
I can't be more excited. I'm glad the event's yes, not. Sir. I, I just can't be more excited because, uh, y- you know, I, at the end of the day, there were a lot of shenanigans. But at the end of the day, what that event, at the heart of that event was men and women in their garages till two in the morning after work, fabricating parts and, and eventually bring, you know, timing out their year so that that bike would be finished to ride to the smoke out. Yep. And the whole culture that goes along with getting that bike ready to go and seeing all these really artistic creations and that's all staying alive and, and the next generation of builders um, can be part of that. Um, I don't see another event out there that's catering to the, and I, I don't care if it's a XF650. We even have a special show for those because a lot of the younger builders were able to pick those up cheap. And I don't see another show that really caters to, to beginning builders like that, like that, like the smokeout does. And I, I just feel like those younger builders are, are the future of our culture. And I'm so excited that we're keeping it going for them. You know how many times I, I can't count how many times over the past couple of years I've seen people talk about exactly what you were just talking about. And a, a lot of people called that the smoke out push, you yep. know, they missed, they missed the push that smoke out push. And that's what it was, man. You had, you gave them, yeah, that, gave them knew, that deadline, that yeah. inspiration. Yeah. You knew in the next, you know, a month you had to have that bike done you know you're pushing to get it to the smoke out and that now that uh, you know a million oh how many how many times how, when are we going to do it when are we going to do it again well now now they have their answer so i like like chris i i can't believe that we get to carry this torch it's just yeah. it's still kind of surreal and you know as as we said you know we're going to release a little bit more information over the next couple weeks and and but just know that it is coming and we are gonna here's here's do our the best to do it justice and we're so grateful that edge is going to be working right alongside us that's the um, biggest thing that's the biggest thing about it on the way home already from tmmr i started calling some of these key guys that we've been talking about tonight and saying hey look i want to get all you guys together in a couple couple conference call meetings and i want to talk about what what were the most important parts to everybody because even even me i don't want it i don't want it to be about me or mark or me and mark or what we think or even us and the lead sled guys i want to make sure that that we keep this thing going on so that that platform that was there for all of us i want that to be there for for the next people coming along too just like ed said you know so it's a huge huge honor for us and and what a what a privilege to be to be part of the history of that man thank you so much I, I feel as grateful, I've always felt as grateful as, you know, there's some guys that are just cool. I mean, they just are. You know, Billy Lane and uh, Jeff Cochran and, uh, you know, a lot of these, like Pat, um, they just have it, you know what I mean? And uh, But I always felt my place in our that I did have a little place in our culture, just kind of having a, a space for for those really creative uh, people and and just our culture. It, you know, I'm not a great builder, but I could use whatever organizational skills I had to at least you know create an environment. And as crazy as soon as it seems, actually we have a pretty good safety record, believe it or not. <laughs> um, 
is considering i mean yeah so i mean you know but then again yeah yeah. but then again think Um, about these events like that you know a a lot of security is one thing but you know, it, this is a family. Everybody looks out for themselves. And if oh, they there see was a somebody, lot of self-policing. Yeah, you yeah, see absolutely. somebody doing something stupid. I mean, I can't count how many people I've, you know, pushed down or pushed out of the way to to quit doing something stupid or in, in a lot of people that way. So it, that's the nice part about this is the camaraderie brings caring for each other also. So making sure nobody does anything dumb. Don't let anybody shit on fire. Don't steal anything. Unless they want you to. Right. Unless they ask you to. I mean, <laughs> unless they want you steal to. anything. But, you know, in general, I don't find it hard to believe that the policing. And on top of that fact, knowing some of the group, do you want to end up seeing them knock on your tent door that night or <laughs> on your hotel door? No, you don't want that to happen. So, well, Anyway, so I've always been so honored to be able to be part of it myself um so i was really bummed to see to to think at one point that uh maybe it's coming to kind of an end and um and and i it 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 was sad for me because there's still a bunch of ideas like people will still come up to me and i'm like man that's a great idea yeah we could do that you know but then when it looked like that platform was going to go away but no, it's not. We're gonna we're gonna have that platform. So uh, yes, don't stop thinking outside the box. So no. let me no. know. And there's one other part that I wanna I wanna send out to all the Cycle Source fans too, because you guys have been asking us at the same time. It's been a couple few years since we stopped doing Big Mountain Run, and you kept asking us, "When's Big Mountain Run coming back? When's Big Mountain Run coming back?" Well, that's part of this whole thing to make this. To make sure that we continue to have this foundation for all of this, we're going to make the Big Mountain Run come back with the smokeout. Big Mountain Run will be the three days of gypsy tour and partying leading up to the smokeout. It'll end at the smokeout, and all of this comes together as one thing where we can really focus on making that, that one killer thing and ensure that this is going to be here for a long time still. Um, so crazy. I, I'm so happy. Um, you know, we, there there couldn't be a better group to run it than the Cycle Source. There's no vampires in the castle. There, they're all there for the legitimate good reasons that you want to have. You, you know, so we're going to leave Rocking. Well, I won't even go into it. But I'm just happy that <laughs> we can it's we, go forward, and we're going to have people that are there not to try to you know use anybody in any way but to actually promote the culture and and cycle source has always done that so we can suffice it to say that it will not be at the racetrack yeah yeah no it won't be um you know he was a decent the thing was you knew what his vice was he was greedy and basically I could say, well, we're going to do this. It might seem dangerous, but it's really not. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then you say, but you'll make extra amount of you want this much extra money. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you, you could kind of do whatever you want as long as you were paying um, for it. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, but when it was time to leave, you know, we had this huge thick contract and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm going to stay on as an advisor. And I was telling myself, well, I'm really not letting the vampires in the castle. So I'll stay on as an advisor. But uh, at the end of the day, if I needed the contract that thick, I was probably working with the wrong people. And um, 
and I don't have any animosity for anybody that goes to Rockingham this year. Um, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but I've got good friends that are going to go and they're still going to be good friends of mine, but let's get that out of the way and, and let's get back to the, you know, the real deal. So, right on. so the, the one thing I'll tell you guys is, uh, we do know the location. We do know the date and, um, we're going to be letting that stuff come out a little bit at a time as we, as we get a, a couple loose ends tied up. But, um, it's killing me because as cool as this news is that this is coming back and these two great so not good at secrets i know i'm terrible at secrets the next announcement that we have about about where and when that shit's gonna blow your mind so that's all i'm gonna say about that's almost but we do need hey i'm gonna put a call out for help right now yes we want to hear anybody that's been to a big mountain run or smoke out we want to see your pictures and we want to know what you love best about it. Because we don't want to run rogue and make it something you don't want. Nope. So send us send us your favorite memories. Send us what you want to see. Um, and send us your pictures. Oh, boy. And we already got Roadside Morty back. And I've already been scarred <laughs> for life, so it's okay. I think, uh, have I been telling you everything about retiring? No. Does that come up in any of our conversations? No. Mark, recently? you're going to live to 150. Real nice, Heather. I know you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So I think uh, I think maybe within maybe within the next week we can have you back for another another little maybe week or two we can have you back for another little extension on some of this stuff. I'd love to be here anytime. Um, and just so everybody knows, Chris isn't saying, "Oh, we have it." to release but we're not going to tell you yet sometimes you got to get agreements in place yeah before you announce certain things and it's just a matter of finalizing the paperwork not not knowing things and, and withholding information so because trust um, me if he could he would like i said he is the worst oh, I'm secret so bad. keeper in the here's, he's the guy that'll be like i got your birthday present you want to see and it's three months away. Here's here's one thing that I can tell you that makes me very, very happy to announce. This is not, like, we're not having this show so that you guys can all say goodbye to Edge. Edge no. is still going to be right. here with us and doing this stuff. And, you know, it, in with his direction, I, I hope yep. that we're going to do it justice. Yeah, we wouldn't do it without him. Well, I, I appreciate being able to stay on in, a, in the capacity that I am where I don't have to you know, be a hundred percent involved, but at the same time, um, just really feel like, um, anything I do say is really taken very seriously. And I, it's just been wonderful though. Everything we've had, every meeting we've had so far, it's just left me so excited and so absolutely positive. This is the right direction for not only myself, but for us as a community. Um, I think this is absolutely the right direction. Um, Plus, now, like the rest of us, you have the benefit that if the shit hits the fan, it's bl- Heather's fault. Yeah, you can blame it on us. Hey! <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do. <sighs> Please. I'm the one that cleans up your messes. Oh, it works out great. You do I think clean that's up work. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Rainbow Chaser uh. and... Uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on, man. Well, listen. Oh, Kiefer Edge said, uh, Edge Kiefer said that you could ride on his pee pad as long as you put your legs around him. 
Wow. <laughs> that just Kiefer needs laid? What's going that on here right now? That went to a really now? unhealthy place. First he was yeah, hitting on you, know. Heather. Now he's hitting wow. on Edge. Uh, honestly, I've had better offers than you would expect. Thank you, little man. <laughs> and he got shut down twice. That's great. Who's Kiefer's and when new... I say I've had better offers, really any offer? Yeah, is... yeah. <laughs> Kiefer's, new nick- Kiefer's new nickname is going to be McLovin. <laughs> hey, the ne- the next time you're talking to Kiefer, you got to ask him about the time that Jack shit took his badge for like three oh, days. Boy. Oh, oh I, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, he might need Kiefer might need to be on our panel. Tom's got some great. Yes, he yeah, does. He does. Oh, Kiefer's awesome. And on top of that yeah. fact, after the uh, after the stunt that he pulled off, he's uh, the the flaming, yeah. Did you hear about that mini bike stunt? He got my boat. Did you see what we did with him in in uh, Gettysburg Bike Week? No, I missed. Oh the- my oh, god, man! So. It was right around the time that they did that, like the second Evil Knievel tribute thing where it was the girl rode through the flaming boards and it was kind of cheesy and half-assed. So she did something like 12 boards. So me and Mark talked Kiefer into getting an Evil Knievel costume and a mini bike. And I bet you we built 28 flaming board barriers. 28 or 29. Yeah. And at Gettysburg Bike Week one night, we lit them bitches on fire, and he and he come he come down through the midway. Man, he must have been doing a hundred and two <laughs> miles an hour, and the the, the boards uh, about three quarters of the way through. I think he came partially dislodged from the motorcycle, but he continued <laughs> like he had the evil Knievel cape and the helmet, and he just oh, he kept awesome. going right through the boards. Man, he, he made it through every one. <laughs> I should be can, able to go to Chopper Prom with Evil Knievel. Well, can can we get a commit from Tom Kiefer to ride through some flaming crap? Oh, I think it has to be. I think it has to be. Well, he's been shut down here twice. Anything for him would be a, bo- a bonus. Yeah. Do it again, Tom. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man. Thank you. Thank you again so so much for for entrusting us with this. It's a it's an absolute honor and. Um, you know we're going to be pumping out social media on this and spreading the word around, and we're asking for everybody's input to make this to make this how it's supposed to be. But you know it all it all starts and ends with you understanding how important this is to all of us, man. So thank you. Well, I'm so privileged to be part of this community, and so privileged to work with such a great entity like Cycle Source, and and um, and you all's hearts are where they need to be, and I. I, I I can't be more excited than I am. So thank you for having me tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you again real soon, man. Uh, take care. Ed. All right, buddy. See you. Ed. So there's there's our uh, there's our big news for the night. That that's actually the news of the decade for yeah, me, that's, man. That's I've been I've been such a fan of that event since the first time that we went. It it blows my mind that we're gonna have because you know through all the years we we tried to find ways to work with the event work yep. with edge mm-hmm. and it just always seemed like different circles and the whole bit and like you know now it's now it's all coming together it's a- absolutely badass but yeah, it's finally i'm so excited spread the word opened up to a good opportunity and yes sir it's cool it's gonna actually happen so, excited. so hey we have uh we have um a quick tech thing to get through um Ooh. great tech from rich petoniak you guys have been checking that 
tech series out that he's working on with us. We're going to run through this real quick, come back, and uh, wrap up some news. But make sure, do, do like I said, spread the news. Smoke Out is coming back in 22. Smoke Out in 2. Don't go anywhere. Check out this tech. Okay, what we're doing here now is I'm building a shovel head stroker engine. It's a four and three quarter stroke shovel. Uh, stock 80 inches, a four and a quarter stroke. So any stroker that's over a four and a half inch stroke, you have to do this step to the <clears throat> for your oil return. So your oil returns from your top end down through the cylinder here and, <clears throat> and out here which is below your oil ring or your piston. So as your piston comes down, your oil ring does not come down below your oil return hole. If your piston was to come down below, the oil rings was to come down below here, it would pick up oil. And then as the piston comes back up, then the engine could smoke. So what we do is a stroker motor here, you scribe a line a half an inch, 500 thousandths from this bottom surface. You scribe a line here. And then we have to put a quarter inch hole in the cylinder right here in, li in line with this re uh, with the return hole. So <clears throat> like I've already done it on this one here. So here it is, there's a 250 hole that's drilled in the cylinder. And then what we'll do also is there's a, a tube, I'll get to that step, I'll show you that after. There's a tube that gets pressed into the cylinder here. So that tube when you press this press that tube in here it'll block the oil from returning into this return hole and direct it so the oil will come down through here and then i'll get to the i'll show you that step after where we have to drill a hole in the engine case so that way the oil returns through here through the engine case and then come in this way here and that way the oil will return through here and again, the reason being is that, so like I said, that hole, that original oil hole will be blocked off by the tube that gets pressed into here. And that way when the, cause on a stroker, like I said, the piston comes down lower and your oil ring won't re come down below this far. And that will be your uh, return oil will be below your oil rings. And that's what you want. So I'll get to the step of uh, drilling the holes in your engine case after after you do this, but so now I have to do this cylinder here and put the <clears throat> drill the oil uh, oil return hole in the side of the cylinder here. Okay, what I made here is I got a piece of brake line. I cut a piece off three quarters of an inch long, and I'm going to put this uh, insert into the oil return hole in the cylinder, and this is to block off the original oil return hole. Now these are this this is where the <clears throat> I mentioned earlier in the video how you have to open this hole up to put this this insert in here. So this one is already opened up and ready so I can press this in. Now the object of this, like I said, is once you press this in here, it will block off that that hole right there. So <clears throat> anyhow, uh these are good to lock tight, lock tight in. Best way to open these holes up is uh, is a reamer. Uh, if you drill it out, um, you have an interrupted cut because of the the other hole inside there. So a uh, 
Uh, a reamer is a good way, the best way I think, to open this hole up here. And this has to be below the surface here. You want it below your gasket surface, just a little bit below. Okay, lining this up here, this is where we're gonna put the hole for the, the new drain hole in the engine case. We're gonna go down here. I'm gonna use an end mill. We're gonna go down uh, 5 eighths down, 625 down. So once I do that, I end mill this quarter inch hole, 5 eighths down, down here. And then uh, after that, I will drill the cross hole that will meet that hole, and that will be the new drain hole. Now what you want to do is, <clears throat> with the cylinder base gasket on here, you want to place the cylinder <clears throat> on the engine case half, <clears throat> and you have to mark where the hole is going to be put for the drain hole in the engine case. So what you do is, like I said, put the cylinder on the engine case half like this, mark that hole, and then we're going to drill that hole. Okay, these are the new oil drain holes for this four and three quarter stroke um, stroker shovel. So I put these here. That's the drain hole now from the cylinder down there and out here below the uh, piston oil rings. So that will be the new uh, uh, oil return hole from the top end. All right, Rich Petoniak, check him out on uh, Facebook, YouTube. He's got a, a great series. Every once in a while we get him to do some tech for us. Um, but we do need to remind him not to put the music in the videos anymore because every time he does that, YouTube bitches their heads off at us. Oh, it's rich. Although that was really soft. We might get away with that one. <laughs> Maybe. Right on. So, hey, listen, man, thanks again well, for... We might, I have to do something important. Okay. Big D, loyal, loyal, loyal watcher. Yes. He just welcomed his first grandson oh, into the world this week. Right on. Congratulations. So, D, congratulations. And he got a shovel head. Well. Look at him go. Grandson, shovel head. Shovel head. Although, I got to say, he mentioned the shovel head first. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> oh. Right on. Well, listen. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for taking the ride with us tonight. And uh, we went a little bit over, but it was absolutely worth it. I can't wait to bring you more news about Smokeout Smoke and out uh, more of the old pictures and stuff too, man. Like, that's so great. Every time every time that we're, we're looking through the old files of the magazine and stuff for stuff that we did way early on, it's always a treat, but... This especially, this especially, because Smokeout was really where a lot of it started. Mark was talking today, like the bikes that we built back then and the things that we did. It was just moment yeah. in time, man. Yeah, it was way too yeah. much fun. And like, you you look back at those things and you think like, nobody even saw half those things because it was so small. You know, there wasn't a lot of reach back then. Nobody yeah. even saw half the shit we Dude, did. Dude, when it, that's what I wanted to bring up when Edge was talking about the internet was and what it was. It was remember the old network fifty four boards. Yeah. So it was the horse board, and you know we had a board, and that was like before there was social media, dude. Right. Right. Crazy. Wow, you're old. 
Yeah. You're lucky I don't have my sound effects tonight. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, listen. Thanks for coming and uh, hanging out with us. We'll be going live again next Sunday at 9 p.m. through the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Um, always our pleasure to do this with you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, until next time, get out in the garage and do something. We'll be back next Sunday. Same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Bye, Felicia. Smoke out. Ha, ha, ha.